Two of those men also that gave testimonies have started churches here in northeastern Ohio. So appreciate that. Turn your Bible to Acts chapter 17. And also, if you have maps in the back of your Bible, turn to those maps and encourage you to look. If you have maps, if you don't have maps in your Bible, that's fine. If you do, most Bibles that have maps, one of the main maps they have is Paul's missionary journeys. We're talking about missions. And so we're going to be looking at three cities tonight on his second missionary journey. Paul had three missionary journeys and then his journey to Rome. Most Bibles that have maps have that page. Maybe have those. If you don't and you can't find it, don't worry about it. We're going to be looking at his second missionary journey and three cities that he stopped in. We're talking about missions this month and even tonight. And Paul, of course, was a missionary. We all would understand that. We'll be looking at when Paul went to Thessalonica, to Athens, and to Berea. So now Thessalonica and Berea are north and a little bit west of Athens. You can find Athens, Athens, Greece. It's still there. If you find Athens, Greece, 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 Athens, Greece, if you go a little bit north and just a little bit to the west, you'll find Thessalonica and Berea. Thessalonica and Berea were about 40 miles apart. They're very close together. So we're not going to look at all his, his second missionary journey, so don't have a heart attack. We're going to look at three, these three cities. Now, the book of Acts has been said it's the acts or actions of the New Testament church or of God's people, Christians. And, of course, we start in chapter 1 where Jesus was going back to heaven. And just before he left, we know the verse in chapter 1 and verse 8. He promised them that the Holy Spirit would come upon them to give them power. And then he said, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, which is a city, I mean city, Judea, which is an area, and Samaria, which is an area, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So the book is chock full of the church and its actions, and even covers all of Paul's missionaries' journeys, and even his trip to Rome toward the end of the book of Acts. It's a very interesting and wonderful, it's a good missions book, really. So tonight, I want us to look for a few minutes about three cities and three stories. Paul went preaching the gospel because it's the power of God and salvation. And so oh, we'll look at these cities. Turn to Acts, turn to the actually to the 17. You can keep your finger in your map if you want to, but really Acts 17 is where we need to be. In each of these cities, Paul got responses to his preaching. Even preachers do that today. <laughs> and some of the responses were the same in each city, but in each of these cities, there was one thing that really stuck out. So we'll talk about that. And it so relates to where we're at in 2023 in the world we live in today. Because you know what? People have not changed. Oh, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have cars. They didn't have buildings like this. But people were still people since Adam and Eve. So in each response, we'll see. Look in Thessalonica. We'll look at them first. And I want to read verses 1 through 9. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. One of the cities Paul went to, Thessalonica, and in this city, Paul received opposition. Opposition or resisting the word of God. 
Now, there were many Jews here, and Paul himself was a Hebrew. He was a Jew, so he could relate to them. So look in chapter 17, verse 1. And when they had passed the Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. I just quickly remind you, they didn't have the whole Bible. Opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and have risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach, Paul talking unto you, is Christ. Verse 4, And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the, of the devout Greeks a multitude, and of the chief women not a few. It means there was a lot. But the Jews which believed not moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Jason had kind of befriended Paul and helped him along his way, so they were mad at Jason too. Verse 6, And when they found them not, the mean Paul and they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken the security of Jason and of the other, they let them go. Paul started in the synagogue. He went to the religious people, the Jews. He, he connected with them. Remember he said, I become all things to all men? He was a Jew, so he could connect with them. And he opened the scriptures to them. And some believed, but opposition came from unbelievers. The Jews which believed not. They willingly chose not to believe. The Jews also used the marketplace <clears throat> to oppose Paul. Paul not only was in the synagogue, he went to the marketplace also where people would meet. This mob that was against Paul went to Jason's house where, they were, where Paul and his fellows were staying. And their false accusation was very similar to the one the Lord Jesus had leveled against him. In Luke 23 and verse 1 and 2 says this, and the whole multitude of them arose and led him, Jesus, unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, Jesus, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute unto Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And they're saying, Well, Paul said there's some of the king besides the, our king. It's Jesus. And they didn't like it. Their false accusation, again, was similar to the Lord Jesus. And Paul went three weeks to the synagogue. And, of course, he didn't, he didn't go on. He went on the Sabbath day. Paul must have covered a broad spectrum of the scriptures that he had. Certainly covered sin, salvation. I'm guessing he gave his own testimony. But he faced opposition, meaning they were opposed or against Paul. Really, they were against God. And against God's word. 
But, but Paul was getting the brunt of it, just like you and I. If you, unless you're a jerk, is that easy? Unless you're a jerk about it, then you do, if you are a jerk, you deserve people to be mad at you. But if you give people God's word, you're going to get opposition. So don't be surprised. People don't want, it, want you to give them the gospel and talk to them about Christ. So that's nothing new. Paul faced opposition. The opposition, of course, was against God's word, God's work, and God's man, which was Paul. And so it originates, of course, from Satan because he wants to thwart the work of God. And he's working hard. We understand that. His time is short. Even today, we know that. His time is short. If God's word is truly declared, there'll be opposition. There are a lot of churches in Maslin that do not preach the Bible. It be the truth. The churches that do preach the Bible, like this one, you're going to get opposition. And the preacher knows that. We, we know that. And when you tell people you go here, you either duck or pucker. <laughs> Many cases in New Testament, especially in Acts, people clearly, boldly gave the word of God and met great opposition. I'm afraid, though, today, we're so afraid of offending people. I'm talking to safe people. We're so afraid of being offensive that we don't say anything. Now, the Bible is a balanced book. We need to have balance. We need to be, now I'm not saying to be rude or brash, but we need to be bold. There's a, Paul, Paul was a bold guy. I don't care if he was 5'6". Now, the Bible doesn't say that. That's my observation. He was 5'6", and he was bald, and he had a few other problems. <laughs> and he was a little bit on the crude side. But you know what? God used him mightily, and maybe that's what they needed. You think God knew that's what they needed? That's why they said he sent Paul. We're not bold enough today. Now, it's strange. A lot of groups today, even in our own country, they're bold about their, what their beliefs, aren't they? I don't mean just the religious people either, and you can take it from there. You know what I'm talking about. They're bold. Why can't we be bold? And certainly there are many hard fields, there's no question about it. Our missionaries go to places that we don't understand the difficulty just of being there and the oppression. And some of them, in some places, can feel the oppression of Satan. They can't cut it with a knife or see it visibly, but they feel the oppression of Satan. And so Paul was at Thessalonica and felt opposition. Now, now let's look down to verse 13. But when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached to Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go, as it were, to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus, or Timothy, abode there still. Now, in the chapter here, I'm skipping Berea. I'm saving that till the end. So, isn't it strange? The people in Thessalonica... Verse 10 through 15 is about Berea. We'll get to that. But the people in Thessalonica even followed Paul to Berea to cause trouble. Boy, talking about going the extra mile. Wow, talk about haters of the gospel. Now in Athens, we start in verse 15, talking about the city of Athens, the second city we want to think about for a minute. And in Athens, Paul, of course, faced opposition, but a little stronger than that, he faced Mocking. They made fun of him. We all know it is to mock to somebody. 
This wasn't, be, this wasn't because, this was because he preached the gospel. Now look at verse 15 with me. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. So Paul went on to Athens, and he was waiting for Timothy and him to, his, Timothy to catch up with him. So now verse 16, Athens. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue. Now notice in Thessalonica he reasoned with them. Reason and disputed are not the same words. They needed to up a notch a little bit, I guess. Now, it doesn't mean he took his fist out and argued with them and fought with them, but he disputed with them. And Paul was a very intelligent man, as we know. He learned many, he had many languages. He was, he was a very smart man. And with the devout persons in the market, daily with them that met with them. Again, he would go and meet people. He would meet people where they are. I've said this before. I'm so amazed. Every time I go to Walmart, I can't believe all the people I run into. No, I don't mean just people that go to church and say, how are you doing? I, yeah, I mean people, I mean people all the time. It's, I almost want us to go over there and just walk around. I mean, all these people, people that I may know or know a little bit or people that used to go to church and don't anymore here or whatever, new people. I just run into them all the time. Now, I'm not saying I love Walmart because I really don't. It's kind of a necessary evil, but then we have some people at the church who work there, so I've got to be real careful. Some people call it Wally World. Okay. Back, back to Athens, verse 18. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, meaning Paul. And some said, what will this babbler say? They're talking about Paul. They're mocking him. Others, he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods. Now, it's funny. It says gods, plural. He was only talking about the one and true living God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But they said he's talking about strange gods. Why? Because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Well, they go together. Verse 19. And they took him, that is Paul, and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is? Now, it wasn't everybody. Some of them. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears, for we would know whereof, therefore, what these things mean. Verse 21, for the, all the Athenians, we're talking about Athens, and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Isn't that interesting? Now, Athens was a famous city. It was a center of religion and culture. And Paul was waiting here for Silas and Timothy to come from Berea. Someone said of the city of Athens, it was easier to find a God than a man. They had so many of them. And so Paul's looking around, he's going, wow, these people are holy given to idolatry, all these false gods. Out there. There's only one God. By the way, it makes it easier. And if there's only one, he's the true one, the only one, it makes it a whole lot easier. He said, all these gods, it's if they're given to idolatry, so Paul's kind of getting worked up. Now he's by himself. I, I can't prove this. I think Silas and Timothy kind of helped calm him down a little bit from time to time. But they weren't there. 
I think he was getting worked up. I get worked. You get worked up. You watch stuff on TV. What's going on? You, you get worked up, don't you? Well, here's Paul. He's a preacher of the gospel called to preach. And so he sees what's going on. He knows they're false gods. He's got to stand up and say something. He didn't have any DVDs to show. He had no cell phone, no TV, no radio. I got to tell these people. So more power to him. Paul disputed in the synagogue, but not much success. So he took his message to the marketplace where men assembled to transact business. That's why I believe what happened. I think he did in the temple, but he didn't. He kind of struck out, I think. So he went to the marketplace and, hey, so you can go to Walmart and talk to people about Christ. Plus, if you stay in the parking lot like I could send my wife in, I stay in the parking lot. You get a free education in the parking lot. It's not spiritual, but you see all kinds of interesting people. <laughs> now, Paul referred to, verse 18, talks about two philosophies that controlled Athens at the time. Remember, they were multitudes of gods. One of the groups, he says in verse 18, was the Stoics. Who was the Stoics? They were materialistic. They were prideful. They had personal dependence. And nature was their god. Does that sound familiar? Nature was their god. And so Paul talked about them. And then the Epicureans of verse 18, who were the Epicureans? They were the true pleasure experience. In other words, we would say today, if it feels good, do it. Well, much hasn't changed, has it? The true pleasure. And it's based on experience and not reason. We have Christian groups that base their experiences on experience, not, not the truth of the Word of God and not reason. They thought that Paul was a babbler. They were mocking him, making fun of him. And they brought him to Areopagus or Mars Hill, their official, their official court, if you will. And a few of them decided to let Paul speak, which was dangerous from their point of view. They didn't know what was going to happen. We know because we're reading about it, but you know, Paul's probably going, all right, I'm going to get to preach God's word to these people. He didn't have to print any flyers. He didn't have to invite anybody. And he had all these people coming, and he said, give them. He, he gave it to them with both barrels. <clears throat> Can you imagine what he said? And Bob does not really record it, but we know enough about Paul. It wasn't like God loves you and do what you want. <clears throat> Here Paul preached a very powerful sermon. Now, we're not going to read it for sake of time, but you can read the sermon, verses 22 through 33. I said you couldn't, but that's the gist of it right here, those verses. He preached that sermon, but I do want to read verse 22 and verse 23. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill, which is Areopagus, the same thing, and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Now notice he didn't act like a jerk, but he told them once what? For as I passed by and behold your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Here's where Paul was pretty smart. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. Paul was all things to all men. He saw an opportunity, and he took the opportunity to give them. And say, there's, he's not unknown. It's, there's one God, the living God, Jehovah. And so he preached to them. And then the rest of the message is recorded, at least in those verses. <clears throat> 
So Paul was, was mocked. Now, nobody likes to be mocked. If you've, if you've ever told anybody about the Lord, you probably had people mock you. Now, sometimes you do it behind your back when you turn around. Or sometimes I say, ah, he's a nut. Tell me, you're, at least you're screwed in the right bowl if you're a nut. So, so, so Paul was, now, this isn't the first time Paul was mocked, not the last time. And nobody likes to be mocked. I don't think Paul said, oh, I'm just loving these people, making fun of me, calling me a babbler. I don't think he thought that. So now I want us to go to the city of Berea. I know I went out. Go back to verse 10. I saved it to the last because Berea was positive. And I want to end on a positive note. It was very good, not perfect, but certainly better than the other two cities. And again, Thessalonica and Berea were about 40 miles apart. So we went to Went to Berea then. They left from the opposition to go to Berea. And Berea was on a byway, not a highway. We might say it was out in the boonies, so to speak. But God wanted them there. And so it must have been refreshing to them. And Paul, after all the opposition and the mocking and all they faced... And yet, they listened to Paul preach. They wanted to hear him. What do you have to say? Notice verse 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by that into Berea, who, coming thither, went into the synagogue of the Jews. Verse 11. Berea. These, the people in Berea, were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Remember, they, he had opposition. In that, they received the word with all readiness of mind, and search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Verse 12, Therefore, because of all that, many of them believed. Also of honorable women, which were Greeks and of men. And so, here is Paul and Berea and preaching and and God's using him in a wonderful, wonderful way, and, he, and people responded. And yet, we already read in verse 13 and 14 that Satan sent out some of his missionaries. We forget, he's got missionaries too. He supports them. He's got his missionaries to cause problems. He wanted to try to stop Paul. They don't know who they were dealing with. Paul wasn't going to stop. But they didn't know that. Paul was one tough boy, we might say. Maybe one reason why he wasn't married, because he was just too whatever. I don't know. No woman would have him. I don't know. At any rate, of course, he was free to do the Lord's work and not be encumbered with things. So Paul gave the sermon on Mars Hill. Now, I want you to notice, look down to verse 32 of chapter 17. Here in chapter 32, or verse 32, 33, and 34, I'm going to read these verses. Acts 17, 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. And others said, we will hear the again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit, certain men clave unto him, meaning Paul, and believed. Among the which was Dionysius, the Areopagite. They should make the guy, that boy's name Dion. <clears throat> and a woman named Damaris. And notice, others with them. Now, Paul preached, and he got some of these great responses. 
Now, everybody didn't respond, but some responded. Some, these are all the responses we have today. Has it really changed? So what we need to do is to be faithful in preaching, preachers, in Christians, and giving the Word of God, to continually give the Word of God because that's where the power is. It's not in yours and my intellect. It's not in your mind knowing the Bible. Now, that's helpful. But you know what? You can argue all day long with people about the Bible. What good's it going to do if they're not saved? Stay on the thing of them, get saved, then they'll understand the Bible. So we need to give the Word of God. Doesn't the Bible say, and let us not be weary in well-doing? For we shall reap in due season, if we faint not. Galatians 6, 9. Then what if Paul said, you know, I'm going to quit. I'm getting tired of this. We know Paul's life and ministry. He didn't. He just kept doing it. And, of course, the Word of God says of itself, it's sharp and powerful than a two-edged sword. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. And so that's what Paul was doing, is giving out the Word. How do we give out the Word to us today? Or even then, verbally, witness, tell people. Now, we talk about everything. We all do. We talk about the Indians. We're getting ready to talk about them. We talk about the Browns. We talk about the president. Don't talk about him. No, don't lie, church. You talk about the president. You talk about leaders. You talk about people. You talk, we talk about all kinds of stuff. So verbally tell people about Christ. Now, don't assault people. Don't be rude to people. Do you want people to be rude to you? Remember that, that verse that doing to others you would have them doing to you? That's actually one in the Bible. So, so do the same thing. And plus, how do you want people to treat your family in witnessing to them? That's how you treat their family. So verbally witness, open your mouth and talk about Jesus. Now, Paul actually preached. I don't know if you need to. Don't preach at people. Now, they'll tell you you're preaching at them, but you're not, hopefully. Uh, the Word of God tracks. Sometimes you don't have an opportunity to really talk to someone. Give them a track. Tracks are... Tremendous to be used, and make sure you give them one with the church's name on it so they know where to go. <laughs> Invite people to church to hear preaching. A church that preaches the Word of God, which is this one. Invite them to a church so they can hear it. And then, of course, by living the life, if your life doesn't match up with what you say, you know what? There's a word for that hypocrite. <laughs> and I don't know how many times people say, I'm not going to church because there's all hypocrites at church. Said, yeah, don't come, we'll have another one. <laughs> depends, on, depends on if I'm having a good day or not. I mean, I've heard that. But you know what I always say? If I don't say that smart elk response, which is true. I'll say, well, you know what? They're pro- if you really want to get them, you say this. You kind of swallow your, swallow your pride and you say, yes, they're probably hypocrites at Anchor Baptist Church. But you know what? I got an answer for me, not for them. And you got to answer for you. You don't have to be ugly about it. So don't be a hypocrite because our words and our life needs to match up. If it doesn't, I think one of the reasons why we're not reaching people like we did at one time, and I'm saying this generically, is because Christians don't live like Christians. They act like Christians at church. And, hey, thanks for doing that. When they go out the doors, when they go to work, when they go to school, when they go to Walmart or wherever, they don't act like Christians many times. And so that's how we can get out the Word of God. Now, we talked about three cities and three responses, which are pretty much the same today, really. 
Now let me ask you to think with me for just a moment. Let's think of Maslin, Perry, and Canton, three cities. Now if you add the population of those three cities together, according to the last census, which I don't know if we had in 2020 because of COVID. Anyway, if you add them together, you can Google it. There's about, a, about 150,000 people in those three cities that are right here. Now we're trying to reach people in the world, but we have to start, Jesus said, chapter 1, verse 8, starting in Jerusalem. Now we don't live in Jerusalem, but we live in Mass. That's our Jerusalem. So the people around us, who's going to reach them if we don't? So they'll wait on somebody else. Ah. My older brother, he, he, he is a preacher, he was a preacher, but one day when my grandma did get saved, Grandma Jacobs, finally, I talked to her, letter to the Lord, but I said to my brother, Michael, I said, Michael, he's older and all. I said, why don't you talk to her? He says, I was waiting on you to do it. I wanted to hit him. I say, so don't wait on your family. Don't wait on your brother. And he's a good man, but I'm thinking, why didn't you open your mouth? Oh, if I figured you'd do it, okay. Don't wait on them, do it yourself. And so we need to reach our Jerusalem. This church, the gospel, the commandment, the great commission, we call it. Remember Jesus said, go into all the world, Jerusalem, beginning at Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth? That has not been rescinded. In Matthew 28, when he said again, go all the world and preach the gospel, that has not been rescinded. So it's still applicable to the church, and that's the, that includes this one. So our Jerusalem is, let's take those three cities, work on them in three spots. Now, we, we'll throw in Navarre. It's a village. We'll throw in some other places, but three, three cities and three responses. May God help us to reach. And some of you live in those cities, and you're more likely to run across people that you know that live there that don't live in one of the other ones. So let's, as a church, reach them. We do that through, of course, door-to-door, through tracks through a lot of things just keep doing it be faithful we'll reap a new season if we faint not three cities three stories i'm going to turn it over to pastor pastor come right ahead for that as we stand our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed three cities three responses and often today we find the same thing we find some people will oppose what we do They won't believe it. Some people will mock what you do. But you know what? We're looking for those who will believe. Even in Athens, that hard city, some people believed. What a great response. I believe the message was clear. Father, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. God, I pray that you would just move and work as only you can. And God, I pray that you would help us to be witnesses as Paul was in the marketplaces and Wherever we find ourselves, God, I pray that you would help us to be a witness, not just on Saturday, not just on Tuesday or whenever we have an outreach, or, but God, every day of the week, I pray that you'd help us to be a witness to those around us. Help us to be bold, not brash, not rude, but bold in proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ to those around us. Father, we'll thank you for that. God, I ask all of these things in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, just a short invitation. If God's spoken to your heart, maybe God's put somebody on your heart that you need to witness to. Our Easter invites, they have the gospel on there. 
I try to I try to put out the gospel every way I can and any way we can. And when you hand them out, let people know, hey, on the back is how you can know for sure where you'll spend eternity. Sometimes you, you can't hardly get in more than just a word, but point them to that. Let them know that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save them from their sins, that he loves them, that he cares about them, and he wants to see their life changed. As the piano plays, the altar is open. and bring our invitation to a close and uh, thank you pastor and appreciate that message very clear and again we appreciate uh, Heritage Baptist Institute I was thinking when when we were watching that video and I was just reminded of and you know a lot more than I do of of churches and men who are pastoring right here in Northeast Ohio who went to Heritage Baptist Institute there there is just a lot of them they've had a major impact uh, here in Ohio, and we ought to thank God for that, and uh, and certainly a, a good ministry to be uh, supporting and praying for and a part of. So thank you, preacher, and uh, be sure to tell uh, somebody, let them know that you're glad to see them, and if Pastor's been a blessing, uh, be sure to stop by and shake his hand and let him know that you appreciate him and uh, pray for that ministry, and we'll certainly appreciate that. Um, Sunday, we'll be back here at 10 o'clock. I was running through my mind all the days. We don't have anything, I don't believe, going on. Uh, we, we have our men's mission trip. A couple of us are heading down to West Virginia. Uh, but uh, we'll be back here Sunday, and we'll look forward to seeing you here at 10 o'clock. God bless.